Has anyone ever challenged your faith before? How did you respond to it? Hi, welcome to Truth Pop. I'm Kathy, he's Jake, giving you a Catholic take on faith and culture. This is Truth Pop. This is Truth Pop. With Jake and Kathy. Yeah, babe, it's um, no secret that there are many people who disagree with the teachings of the Catholic Church, and especially when it comes to the pro-life topic after the reversal of Roe v. Wade. You've probably seen it in your own life. I've seen it in mine. So many people who are angry and rightly placing the blame on the Catholic Church because the Catholic faith was and is very instrumental in the pro-life movement. But anyway, there's been a lot of animus for sure. So the question that we're asking in this episode is, how do we respond to that animus? Do we just shove it under the rug, pretend that it's not there? Do we lash out? Do we stay quiet? Or do we respond in a different way? I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. I'm going to play some audio from Chris Stefanik from the Chris Stefanik Show on Formed.org. And Chris Stefanik's going to talk about this. It seems like there's, on the other extreme, this idea that, like, as Catholics, no, we can't have any enemies. We can't label a person as our enemy. Chris is going to respond to that, too. Uh, let's get to the audio from Chris. This is from the Chris Stefanik Show. He did a recent monologue just talking about this, how we respond to our enemies with love, but also with something else. This is from the Chris Stefanik Show on Formed. You can subscribe to formed.org. It's like a Catholic Netflix. Get all kinds of great content just like the Chris Stefanik Show. I encourage you to check it out, subscribe, and also share with your friends. But uh, here's Chris now talking about how we need courage in the midst of the conversation. I got to call you to courage right now. Courage. Why? Because, guys, the gloves are off, and it's pretty clear around the abortion debate in our country that there are a lot of people who don't just disagree with you, who aren't open-hearted seekers, but have found something that they've landed on and have decided that they hate you. That they hate you. All right, I'll just read something I just saw on, on, on Twitter uh, not long ago. So there was a... a, a building that serves pregnant women that was burned and vandalized this weekend. And by the way, this is kind of ironic because the same people who, who accuse pro-lifers of never helping women who have actually had babies, all you care about is women, the babies in the womb, you don't care about babies after they're born. These are the same people attacking the pregnancy centers that give away tens of thousands of diapers. <laughs> Do you see the humor in this? Uh, there's, there's really not a sincerity behind when they, when they accuse you of not caring about children after they're born. And by the way, Every pro-life organization I know does stuff for kids after they're born. In fact, the most active people caring for children who are born in crisis pregnancies are pro-lifers. All right, so check this out. There was a person commenting on this online who said, who said, more of this, more of these buildings burning down. May these people never know a moment of peace or safety until they rot in the ground. Guys, a welcome sign outside of your church is probably not going to work for that person because they can Google to find out things that you believe and they can't stand you. And sometimes, you know, my approach to the world is first and foremost to presume that the person who's coming at me like that is just wounded and needs a, a cookie, <laughs> needs a hug, needs that welcome banner. And, you know, that is a good thing to, to have that be your first default. Because that's frankly what I want. I want that to be the situation. 
The sad reality is that's not always a situation. This is from John 3.19. Sometimes, quote, people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Sometimes people just love the sin that they're in and therefore hate you because you come in the way. I think most of the martyrdoms throughout the church, most of the martyrdoms that happened in the early church, it wasn't because they had real, legit, philosophical differences with Christians and therefore I'm going to kill you. It's, it's more on a gut level than that. If they're driven to violence, it's probably because in some way you're taking away their fun. Those early Christians, the, the lifestyle they preach takes away the things that I like to do with my girlfriend or whatever it is. So therefore, I, I want to I destroy you because you come in the way of the, the sin that I love. I hate the light because, because their deeds are evil. And if you live in the light, guys, they're going to hate you by default. And Jesus warned us that this would happen. John 15, 18. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me first. We shouldn't be surprised. Jesus promised us that this would be the case. So, what do we do? One, I want to encourage you to own it. Own it. Guys, the anger that the world is, is focusing on you Catholics right now. Why, why are they spray-painting Catholic churches because of a Supreme Court event and how the Supreme Court's thinking of overturning Roe versus Wade? Why, why target us? Because they should target us. Because you know what? I'm to blame. You are to blame. The fact that we believe that God loves us so much that he died for us is the foundation of how we see the world. No, no, no. I'm not pushing for a theocracy. There's no one calling for compulsory Sunday mass attendance. But, but public policies and laws that are formed by that worldview. And, and public policies and laws in a society formed and motivated by that worldview is incompatible. And despite all the calls for coexistence, cannot coexist with a society that's built primarily on worship of sexual liberation. And you know... The world sees that. The world sees that, they hate you for it, and they're calling you out. They're calling you out of your silence. They're calling you out of hiding behind this, you know, everybody's welcome and everything's fine. And no, 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 the world's looking at you saying, no, no, not everything's fine. And I know our worldviews don't mix, despite my bumper sticker saying coexist. <laughs> so let's own it. Let's own that. Let's be proud of that because we have the best news in history in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we have as a worldview and as a foundation for the society we're trying to build is better. It's better than a society that would literally throw children in the trash. Uh, two, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Now, some people would say, you know, Chris, we shouldn't call any person our enemies. There's only one enemy. It's the devil. Okay. I've actually preached that before. But uh, recent events have <laughs> me re-looking at this and saying, no, no, wait. Actually, Jesus said love your enemies, which means that you have them. If you didn't have enemies that were people, he, he wasn't saying love demons. The difference with Christian life is not whether or not we have enemies. It's what we do with our enemies. What we do is love them. So love your enemies. Love your enemies, but don't stop preaching the truth to them. Even if they don't want to hear it, preach the truth to them. No, I, I don't think you should have a right to destroy a living child inside of a womb. Even if you really, 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 really want that right. No. Frankly, I don't need to debate you about why I think that. I, I don't. Because if the end of your logical conclusion is, if, if where all your, all your logical arguments land 
is the conclusion that it is therefore okay to dismember a human being, puncture the base of the skull, suck the brain out, collapse the skull, throw it in the trash. Sorry for being graphic. This is what happens, though. If that's the, the end of your argument, I don't have to get into the argument with you as if it's so complicated. And you, don't, you just don't understand how, how multifaceted and complex this is. That's not complicated at all. I could stand at your conclusion and say, you know, no, everything that led here, I could tell you is wrong. The culture war that others are waging has come to your doorstep. It's come to your kids' classrooms, and it's come to your churches. My parents went to church uh, this weekend, and there's stuff spray-painted on the door. 666, and, and my body, my choice, and all this stuff. It's come to you. So let's stop pretending. Amen? I'm not going to lie, that is one of my all-time favorite monologues I've ever heard in my life. Mm, yeah, that was so good. Uh, Catholic evangelist Chris Stefanik on the Chris Stefanik Show. Again, just want to give you a quick plug for formed.org. Um, so if you want to check it out, um, it's a great way to just learn more about the Catholic faith, share the Catholic faith with others. Also get some good entertainment. There's good Catholic movies too for the whole family. So form.org bringing you part of the Chris Stefanik show. Let's pick up on that point about Chris discussing how to dialogue with people who disagree with us, especially when it comes to, to pro-choice people. I think he's right about that because just from personal experience, I think that one of the ways that we as pro-lifers can get sort of caught up in the traps of the pro-choice argument is by giving them just a little bit of little bit of room to argue that, well, for as long as we have poverty, abortion's okay. Abortion is murder. And if murder is wrong, it's always wrong. But see, the moral relativism kind of plays its game by, by saying, well, if a woman is poor, then maybe she has that right. Well, so I think we as pro-lifers need to just stop there and just like Chris said, call a spade a spade. Like, no, we're going to help the woman through that situation, help her out of poverty, but it doesn't mean that abortion's okay. So I just wanted to point that fact that Chris said that I, I'm glad he did because I think that we need, as pro-lifers, we need to be a little bit more stubborn in a way by not giving them that inch. Because I think once we give them that inch, it just becomes sort of a rabbit hole as to like, okay, well, how are we going to tackle poverty? What are we going to do about it? And then we sort of miss out on the central argument of the fact that abortion is murder. Yeah, there's no more healthy dialogue anymore, or at least not a lot of healthy dialogue. Usually what happens is we end up arguing about two different things. Like you were saying, babe, like the pro-lifer, we usually argue about abortion, why it's wrong that human life starts at conception. And then the pro-choice person will argue about, you know, the woman's right, why she has that right. And so they, they just completely go on off on a different argument. So then if we're arguing two different things, it's never going to work. You're never going to change someone's mind, especially when it's a completely different argument. And again, we as pro-lifers, as Chris said in that audio, we would drop anything in the world to help a woman out of that difficult situation. But at the same time, I think we need to own the pro-life argument a little bit more. Like Chris mentioned, just own it. Don't apologize. Don't make excuses. Don't get wishy-washy. I notice sometimes I think the pro-life 
argument, uh, the people who stand for pro-life ideas, it's easy to sort of get lost in the weeds and to to sort of lose your stance because you start feeling bad or maybe, I don't want to say that, but maybe in a way you get kind of sympathetic to the whole idea of like, well, maybe if a woman is really in a difficult situation, then it's okay. But like there is moral objectivity and if something is a sin, if something is wrong, it's always wrong. You know, the ends don't justify the means here. So I just want to put that out. And Trent Horn did a podcast about this not long ago. And he he said that this is actually one of the biggest mistakes that a pro-lifer can make is forgetting the main reason, the main point that we're trying to make, that abortion is wrong. And as soon as we start getting into the other areas, then, well, we've gone too far. So... I'm going to leave that there, but I think one other thing, Kathy, to mention, and maybe you have some thoughts on this too, I'm really challenged by what Chris mentioned too about like standing strong and not backing down. And one thing that I've noticed myself doing sometimes is I think idealistically in my mind, like, well, of course, if push came to shove, if someone really pressed me about the Catholic faith, then of course I would stand up for it. But then there are so many like little small situations where I'm called to be the outlier, or stand up for the faith in a small way. And I chicken out. Like I did this last weekend where I was with family and friends who all agree with me. Like we're all on the same page with everything. But um, we were playing a game and one of the questions in the game sort of was sacrilegious. And I was afraid to say anything about it simply because of what, what they would say. And again, they agree with me on matters of the faith. And I'm just thinking that like, if we're not if we're not strong in the small areas of life when it comes to standing up for the faith, how are we going to be ready for the big battles that we'll face? Yeah, and I was actually just talking with my sister and we were talking about how sometimes it's difficult to pray in front of people. You know, when we pray before meals to bless our food, Sometimes it can be scary to make the sign of the cross. And I struggle with this. Like when I'm with a friend or I'm at work, you know, and there's people around, I'm afraid to make that sign of the cross to indicate that I am a Catholic. And, you know, if I can't even do that, how am I supposed to stand in bigger ways where I witness to the faith? So I think practicing is a good thing to do. You know, if it's a matter of making the sign of the cross when you're out in public, that's awesome. Or maybe you've noticed a situation in your own life where you are called to be a faithful witness. And it may not have to do with the pro-life debate because that's a whole other thing. Maybe it has to do with uh, a different area that, you know, the culture is kind of owning right now, especially when it comes to gender identity and the way that we stand for marriage between a man and a woman, whatever it is, it's scary. Like it is really, really scary to stand up because it's easy to feel like you're the only one. Actually, just a few weeks ago, my parents came to visit and my mom was wearing a shirt that said, justice begins in the womb. And we went out to lunch and we went to like a winery and the whole time I was so nervous and like I even wanted to like stand in front of her so that no one saw her shirt. And while we were eating, a woman came up to her and said, I love your shirt. 
And she also complimented my mom and said, you have such beautiful eyes. And my mom's like, wow, it felt like I was talking to like an angel. But it was just a reminder that we're not alone, that we might think that everyone's against us. Like the whole time during lunch, I was thinking that everyone was staring at us and that they were mad at us. But no, people are with us and they agree with us and they might not say it all the time because people are scared right now. You know, it's a, it's a very difficult time right now and there's a lot of tension. So a lot of people don't want to say or express how they're feeling or what they believe, but you're not alone right now. People are with you and it's okay to be bold. It's good to be bold. And we're called to be bold. (laughs) I mean, because we're going to have to stand before Jesus someday and account for the ways that we stood for truth. And let's remember, truth is not subjective. Truth is not something that you make up, that I make up. Truth is in the person of Jesus Christ. How many times did Jesus say, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So when you are representing truth, you are representing Jesus himself. Even the wedding at Cana, babe. One thing that Dr. Shri said that was just so brilliant that I never thought about, that it was scary for Mary to allow Jesus to perform his first miracle. And then so a lot of times people don't understand what was going on because Jesus is like, you know, it's not, it's not my time, you know. And, but no, Mary loved people so much that she was willing to risk the reputation and also knowing that Jesus would one day be found out. If people saw him working miracles, starting his first miracle at the wedding of Cana, she knew eventually he would be put to death. And yet she was willing to sacrifice that out of love. So Mary is also just a marvelous example of being willing to put others' needs before our own for the common good. So don't be afraid. Know that Jesus is standing with you, that Mary and the saints. St. Thomas More is one of my favorite saints because in his day, he was willing to stand up to the king and say no you cannot divorce and remarry. So maybe St. Thomas More is a good saint to turn to in this time when you feel afraid to approach those cultural battles because of what other people are going to say or do. St. Thomas More can be an amazing intercession for you. So many great saints, all of the kingdom of heaven is there for you. And when you feel like you're alone, just remember, you're not. This is the Celebrity Prayer Circle on Truth Pop. For today's celebrity prayer circle, we want to pray for Haley Bieber. She's come out and has been vocal about being pro-choice. And I know in the past, Justin Bieber has come out in the past about being pro-life. So we pray that Haley can have a conversion and that Justin stays strong in his conviction of being pro-life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, if you're new to the podcast, it's something that we like to do. We like to end the episode with Celebrity Prayer Circle, and we just started praying for... Um, celebrities in Hollywood who have been very vocal about the the pro-life, pro-choice issue, especially after overturning Roe. We thought, you know, as angry as I get to see people 
so adamantly pro-abortion, best thing to do is just turn to prayer about it. And um, it's a good reminder for me. So thank you for doing that, babe. Um, if you ever have a question, comment, anything uh, you'd like to share with the show, with the podcast, you can always reach out. Our email address is truthpopproductions at gmail.com. We're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram as well. You will get uh, great gospel reflections that Kathy has been doing every week. So um, be sure to follow us at truthpop. But uh, we will talk again soon. God bless you, and thanks for listening. This is Truth Pop.